you know, we, it, it was tough. But what was interesting was that at that very moment that we got the diagnosis, you know, he, he was sitting here playing with a bunch of blocks and whatnot. This was, you know, Kido was three years old at the time. And he kind of walked over to, uh, to, to his mom and, and, and gave her a hug. And um, it, it was, um, the doctor turned to us and said, you know what, um, you know, there's your answer. Uh, you, you know, this is, you know, little guy gets it. He, he, he feels what you guys are feeling. That's a good sign. And, um, and you really need to look forward. Another episode of Just Us Dads. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another Dadversation. We do appreciate it. And if this is the first time, head on over to our YouTube channel and subscribe and follow us on all the social media platforms as well as all the audio platforms. George is working late again this week, but we do have a very special guest. We're going to get to him right away. Uh, so excited because we've been waiting to do this episode for a very long time. Nick Catalafos, thanks for coming on, buddy. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for having me on. Uh, we've, we've been waiting for a very long time. And I, I remember sending out a text message to you probably at some point last year uh, about coming on the show. And you said, of course, I'll do it. And then, you know, all these things happen. And uh, we got carried away with a bunch of other programming. And we're like, at some point, we got to do this episode. And it's an important episode. And you, you I think, are the most uh, imp- you know, important person, at least that we know, uh, that deals with these issues because we're going to talk a little bit about um, uh, dealing with autism uh, and you have a direct uh, relationship with all that atmosphere and all that environment. It's important, I think, to have that discussion and to talk about it. Uh, before we get there, though, there were some news that came out last week about your appointments as director of the uh, English Montreal School Board. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's uh, very, very well deserved. Thank you. It's uh um, that's meant a lot to me. I've, uh, I've had the privilege of working with uh, the English Montreal School Board uh, for, for 30 years. I, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to imagine that 30 years have gone by, but, uh, but they have. Mm. Um, and, you know, I've worked there in, uh, in, in many capacities as a teacher, as a consultant, vice principal, principal, uh, now in, in, in three sectors, uh, what we call the elementary or primary sector, high school, secondary, and now adult ed. So, um, it's, uh, it's been quite the experience and, um, uh, I was honored and, uh, and privileged, you know, to be, to be named last week by the council of commissioners. So I, I look forward to the challenge and it's, uh, it's a big challenge, but, uh, but I'm looking forward to it. You do have a huge challenge and we don't want to get into the politics, but, uh, you know, we're, we're moving closer, especially with the government that we have now with, uh, you know, the, the, the language bills being revisited and uh, English education institutions uh, um, being affected mm-hmm. uh, in general uh, by uh, by everything happening. And it's not it's not it's not new. I think that there's, there's been a challenge with the English Montreal School Board and the English school system in general in terms of enrollment and, uh, and those uh, types of challenges. Uh, how do you how do you see that? you know, coming up there in the next couple of years? like Well, look, again, I mean, I, I don't, like all of us, I, I don't pretend to have a, have a crystal ball, but there's no doubt that uh, um, there's been a lot of pressure on, on, on the Anglophone school system over, uh, over the last, uh, the last, not just, you know, recent history, but, uh, but, but more, you know, longer term, there's been a lot of pressure. 
Uh, there's pressure in terms of enrollment, there's pressure in terms of making sure we have enough resources, there's pressure in terms of getting, you know, the best possible um, service out to our out to our students, out to our kids. Um, what I'm proud of is the fact that the MSB does have the highest success rate in the province. We've, we've done exceptionally well, even under really difficult circumstances. Um, the reality is that this year in particular, we all know we're all living through the, uh, the COVID crisis um, and, and everything that uh, that has brought to our society. And, and yet, as a, as a school system, um, I, I can probably say that we've, we've managed to keep the, the pedagogy going, even though we've had to kind of flip the model of our instruction upside down overnight um, in terms of how we teach and, and how we, we deal with, uh, with the kids. So I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that as an educator. I'm proud of the work that my colleagues have, uh, have done. Um, it's still not over, obviously. This has been a really tough year. We've got a couple of months you know, left to go and, and, and we're all hoping that with the variants, uh, we're gonna have a, a good end to, to the year. We're all nervous about that, um, but we're also doing everything that we possibly can to, to make sure that everybody is in a you know, safe environment while they're learning. Um, and, and to that end, I just wanna honestly congratulate all the, uh, the, the teachers, support staff, professionals, the in-school administrators, uh, the people working in different boards as well for for what they've done. It's it's a lot of work. Um, as I said this morning in another uh, interview, um, you know I don't pretend to say that everything is perfect. We're we're always working towards bettering things, uh, but the reality is a lot of hard work has gone into uh, into things, especially this year with with what's going on. Yeah, it's fu it's funny that you're mentioning it because on a, on a on a on a previous episode we were talking. I think it was at the very beginning of this pandemic, and we're just talking, just as dads, right? Mm -hmm. And we're like, guys, what do you take uh, take away the most, you know, during during this pandemic? And I think one thing that came up in all three of us, you know, with George and Chris, is how much more we respect teachers. <laughs> and it's funny because people just suddenly realized the important role that they have, right? And now, you know, the kids are home. And almost every parent on the face of this earth is probably wondering, geez, how, how do they deal with these kids every single day? It's, you know? uh, it's not easy, George. And I'll say this, you know, for, for most of us who pick this, you know, path, it's, uh, you know, it's not just about having a, a job or, or, or even a profession. It's really a calling, right? I mean, most, most people who go into this are genuinely going into it for, for the right reasons and good faith because they really want to make a difference um, in, in kids' lives. And then... Um, um, they, they, they go in there with their eyes open and, and, and try to do the best possible job. And that's, that's tough enough under normal circumstances, you know, with, with all the different learning styles and issues that kids come to us with. Um, but this year has just been something exceptional. And, um, and, and, and that's why I'm always trying to recognize uh, teachers who are out there on the front lines doing, um, doing a superb job under, again, very, very difficult circumstances. Yeah, definitely. We, we, we very rarely uh, acknowledge them. And I think that uh, this year, the last year has shown us how we should be doing that more often. Um, let's get to our let's get to our topic. We want to talk about autism. Mm -hmm. uh, you have had, uh, you know, a close uh, relationship with mm -hmm. this whole environment. Um, I think it's it, your son. Uh, has been identified in the autism spectrum, and I think he just turned 19. I saw him. On well, he just turned 19 yesterday, which is uh, rather bizarre from a dad perspective. I, <laughs> I can't believe 19 years have gone by. I mean, we, my wife and I also have a 23-year-old daughter, so that's uh, anyway. I just you know the, the, how the years fly. That's uh, that's the, for sure. 
the good thing for you, Nick, is that you still look 18. So you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but but uh, it's um, it's uh, look. The truth is that um, even with all the challenges, it's uh, it's been the most uh, incredible, wonderful experience, and uh, I wouldn't trade it for uh, for anything. Um, it's you know, like all parents, it's it's my number one priority. It's uh, it's what matters most in uh, in life, and um, you know, we all want to do the best by our kids. Uh, we all want to give them. The, the, the most in terms of opportunity and independence um, and the truth is when you have a kid with uh, with a disability um, you know that uh, that becomes even more important in uh, in, in, in so many ways so um, so yeah it's, it's it's rather incredible that he uh, he's turned uh, 19 and uh, thankfully yeah. he's doing really well uh, at giant steps where he's been since the age of four um, so it's, uh, it's it's been a, a remarkable ride I, I have to say I was going to ask you, Nick. I, I I just want to go back to the beginning sure. when when you found out that your son was um, uh, he had autism. I mean, what does that mean in like in your family setting? I mean, how was that moment? I mean, how did you guys deal with that? Well, look, I mean, you know, obviously, every every family, every person deals with this stuff uh, differently. But you know, it, we had a pretty Kind of almost stereotypical type of, uh, of of situation as far as autism goes. Um, uh, Manoli was our was our second kid. Um, you know, our, our daughter at that time was uh, was about four. Um, so we kind of had a you know almost like a benchmark you know to compare with. Um, you know, she, uh, she she was a lawyer by the time she was four. I mean, she she you know very um, you know very outspoken, uh, really you know developed really fast. Um, you know, a lot of language, etc. Um, when Manoli was born, everything was normal. It was a normal birth. Um, he, um, he he developed he developed normally till about a year and a half, and we began to notice uh, some some changes. Um, you know, like a lot of situations when it comes to autism, he kind of stopped babbling, making eye contact with us, um, and and you know we were concerned. So we, uh, we we started this traditional kind of path in terms of trying to make sure everything was okay. So you know, first you go to the pediatrician. And, uh, and talk to the pediatrician, and then the pediatrician suggested we'll get the hearing checked. Um, we got his hearing checked, the hearing was normal, and it was there really that we heard uh, you know, the word autism associated to him for the first time, the, 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 the tech, um, uh, the, the, the hearing tech at the, uh, the ear, nose, and, and, and uh, throat clinic at, uh, at the children's uh, suggested to us that we go uh, um, to get him assessed at the, at the autism clinic. Um, and I'll tell you openly. I mean, I am not particularly, you know, proud of my reaction. I was a bit harsh with uh, with the tech. It's it's a very emotional thing, you know, to to hear uh, to hear anything that might be off about uh, about your kid, especially at such a young age. Um, and we we took it seriously though, and we uh, we decided to go uh, forward, uh, you know, to to get uh, an assessment, only to discover waiting lists at the time, two years and uh, for an assessment and, and all sorts of, uh, of blocks from that perspective. Um, we, um, we were able to get him assessed uh, relatively quickly. Uh, and we got the diagnosis. Um, and uh, I'm not going to lie, that wasn't an easy, uh, an easy day for, for us, for my wife and I. But what was interesting was that you know, we, we were sitting there with the doctors, with the specialists, um, doctors are telling us that look, you know, he's he's going to have a, um, a a good life. There's tons of potential there. There's all sorts of things that you guys uh, should be looking forward to. So basically, um, 
you know, we it, it was tough. But what was interesting was that at that very moment that we got the diagnosis, you know, he he was sitting there playing with a bunch of blocks and whatnot. This was you know, kid was three years old at the time, and he kind of walked over to uh, to to his mom and, and and gave her a hug. And um, it, it was um, the doctor turned to us and said, you know what, um, you know, there's your answer. Uh, you, you know, this is you know, little guy gets it. He 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 feels what you guys are feeling. That's a good sign. And um, and you really need to look forward. Um, so I I immediately um, um, you know kind of sat down with, with 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 my wife with Mary. We talked about it and and we we immediately started talking about a plan. You know what what are we going to do? So that helped us a lot. It helped us uh, from the perspective that we had something to look forward to. There was actually a um, you know plan that we put together with the doctors. What do you do in terms of getting therapies? Which therapies? Where do you go looking for them? Public system, private system, trying to look at all the options, and um, and, and we came up with with uh, with a plan. And and then you know after starting off with a whole bunch of different therapies and us ourselves getting trained as well, um, you know we we knew about giant steps. And we um, um, when he was about three and a half, we we knocked on the door at uh, at giant steps. Um, knowing full well that there was an enormous uh, waiting list, um, and we were fortunate. The spot happened to open up. The timing was uh, was what it was, and we were lucky. And at the age of four, he he started off at uh, at Giant Steps, um, yeah. and um, and that made life a heck of a lot easier because you know not only was he in a place that we felt had the expertise to help him, but by the same token, we uh, we also it also made life easier for us because um, all of the therapies that we were running around for speech therapy, occupational therapy, um, something called playtime therapy at the time that was, that was used mm-hmm. to build up uh, social skills and so on, um, floor time, um, all these different types of, of, of therapies um, were kind of packaged in, 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 you know, at giant steps. So it, it actually, you know, not only made us feel safe about where he was in terms of the expertise, but it also freed up a lot of time um, for for us just to be a normal family and, and, and to do things with, with his sister as well. So that uh, that mattered to us greatly. Uh, we were deeply grateful to, to, to the school for that. Um, we also loved the program and, and how it was designed because um, it was it's, it's set up in a way so that it included um, time in a regular school, so a couple of days a week. Manoli was in a, he was integrated in a regular uh, school setting through a partnership that Giant Steps has with uh, with school boards. So a couple of days a week at Giant Steps doing the curriculum and and all the therapies. Then a couple of days a week in a regular classroom setting in a regular public school with a, a worker from Giant Steps, um, uh, the equivalent of a childcare worker, um, who was there with him all day long, integrating him in a regular classroom setting um, with neurotypical kids. So he, he got both the best of both worlds. He got, he got that experience from both. And it's really helped him to, to develop um, in, in an incredible way. He's um, I'm very proud of him. He's become a, a, an incredible young man. And, and even though there's still challenges uh, in terms of communication and other issues, this is a kid that's, that's, that's playing classical music on the piano. Uh, he does things on the computer that I'm clueless about, quite frankly. Um, and he's just, you know, he's 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 a he's a good kid. He's a nice kid that we're proud of. A nice young man. 
Um, and, and right now, part of the program for him in terms of integration is no longer to go to that regular school um, every couple of days, um, but to actually be integrated in a, in a work-study program. So he was doing a stage, working two days a week, um, in his case at the, the cafeteria at the Queen Elizabeth Health Complex, um, and he he loved it. He, you know that's and that's the plan. The idea for him is to is to you know graduate from Giant Steps, uh, move on to some type of an adult program, um, uh, an academic adult program, and then at the same time, you know, work uh, do some kind of a trade or or or, or get some kind of an opportunity to work um, in, uh, in in a setting that uh, makes him happy. Um, and, and that's the plan: you know, be as independent as possible, um, and give something back to to the community, to society. Get out there and 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 work. Um, and, um, and and that's a big issue for us. Uh, you know, at Giant Steps, we um, we're running all sorts of programs now. The school has grown to an incredible extent over the last uh, you know 10, 12 years, um, and uh, we're running employment programs in partnership with the English Montreal School Board, where where I am. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's been, a, like I said earlier, a remarkable ride. It's great. And I want to, I want to get back to that employment program. And I actually want to talk, we want to talk to you a little bit more about the integration thing, because we know that there's a, there's a huge debate happening about that. But before that, I just want to go back to what you said about identifying certain things at the age of one, one and a half. And, and it seems as though this is a common trait. And I just want to get your opinion because we had a doctor recently and, you know, there's a lot of talk out there that there's something that may or may not be related to the vaccines that children get at, at that specific point in their life. Obviously, as a doctor and being a scientist, you know, there's, there's no question about any link to any vaccine. Uh, but what's going on there? Is this just a coincidence or is it just a norm? Norm, not normal, but is it you know, just in the growth span of the child that that's where it normally mm-hmm. appears? I think that 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 issue is has really been, um, from a scientific perspective, has really been, you know, put to bed. And 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 we all, you know, all of us who are involved with with autism in a serious way, you know, need to be responsible about the messaging on on, on this issue. Um, there was at one point, uh, you know, this this concern that vaccines um, could trigger uh, autism, um, and and unfortunately, there there were even a couple of situations, particularly one in the states with. Uh, you know, so-called a medical expert, researcher, whatever you want to call it, that was insistent um, that uh, that it caused the uh, the the uh, it caused autism, that the vaccine caused autism, um, and indeed he he one individual supposedly backed it up with research with numbers that he had done, um, and it created quite a stir. He got a lot of money in terms of grants and so on because of it. Published his uh, his uh, so-called research. And in the end, it was demonstrated, it was proven, unfortunately, that his research was not just fl- uh, flawed, but fraud. It was fraudulent um, and was false. And, um, and, and he actually got in serious trouble. Um, but the damage was, was done by him and a couple of others. Uh, there, was a, there was a big movement um, that kind of exploded. Parents were panicking. And, uh, and it caused a lot of issues because it was actually a spike in the case of, of certain diseases that have been wiped out, like polio and the mumps and, and, and measles, et cetera. Um, so that caused a lot of damage. And, and in response to that, there was a, a massive research effort on several fronts um, in, 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 very, in a very serious way. That w- and, and this research was published in very serious uh, medical journals. 
um, with thousands and thousands of, of uh, families participating. And the results were very clear that the vaccines do not cause autism. The reality is that we don't know what, what causes autism. Um, obviously, genetics plays a big role. Um, the other issues that kind of like the, the, the medical legalistic definition of autism has changed over the years. So the prevalence is quite high these days. We know that. Uh, one out of 64, 65 kids. Um, that's, that's a big number. That's not a small number. Uh, it represents a very sizable chunk of the population uh, around the world and in Canada. Um, and, and that's why, you know, this has become such a, such a big issue uh, and why it is so critical that we not only you know, support families with resources and with, uh, with, uh, with support, why we should support um, our medical system in terms of, you know, beefing up our capacity to, to diagnose because the numbers are so high and, and we have to do away with these waiting lists because the research clearly shows that it's beneficial to start, um, to start with the therapies at a very early point. Um, so you don't want to wait forever to get a diagnosis. Um, the other issue is that most services in the public system begin um, uh, at, uh, you know, at the age of, uh, uh, in theory, three or four. Um, that's not always the case. Sometimes because of the delays, you know, the, the services begin at five, but then technically they're supposed to finish at the age of six before the kids go into the school system and so on. So some time is lost. And, and for a lot of parents who can afford to get private therapies, great, great for them, but for other families, that's not feasible. So there's there's a lot of issues that we need to, to focus on. Um, you know, so for me personally, so two of the major issues are our research. We, we have to continue to, to support research. Um, and to that end, you know, I'm, I'm proud to say that in Montreal, uh, there's an exceptional group of researchers at, uh, at uh, something called the Transforming Autism Care Consortium. Um, it's a it's a big research group that's based at the Montreal Neurological Institute, but but it's made up of researchers um, and medical experts from around the province, from a variety of, of universities and uh, and hospitals, um, and it's and it's funded by a number of foundations, notably the Israeli Foundation to a huge extent, um, the, uh, the 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 Kuchu Foundation, the Brooks Family Foundation, and so on. It's got an endowment of about thirty million dollars at this point, and and they're working really hard. To, to pool the, the, the research that's being done on autism um, around the province and to share that information, that data with, uh, with uh, researchers at large. Um, so that's helping to speed up you know, the, the, uh, the, the effort to find out not only what causes it, but what are the best ways to, to deal with it. Um, the other big issue that I think is, is critical in terms of research and, and, and uh, in terms of the community you know, supporting it is, is the whole question of, of public policy um, and, and how um, these individuals should be supported. Um, there's a big feeling that um, after the age of 18, when one becomes a legal adult, that the services kind of disappear. And there's even, you know, these many, many groups in the autism community, you know, describe something that, you know, called, you know, falling off a cliff in terms of services. You turn 18 and everything kind of stops. But there's very little um, uh, in terms of services for adults. So there's, there's a big effort to improve upon that um, because uh, adults with autism, you know, continue to need support um, in a wide variety of areas. And, and, and one of them, which we're very involved with at, at Giant Steps, is the question of, of employment. Um, our, our guys, uh, we know, make exceptional employees. Um, they're loyal. 
Um, they're, they, they want to work, they want to participate, they want to, they want to feel, they want to feel useful, needed, they want to be in the workplace. Um, and yet when one looks at autism alone, and it's, you know, similar in other, in terms of other areas, when it comes to disabilities, um, the, the reality is that we're looking at a group of people with an 84, 85% unemployment rate. Right. Um, it's, it's ridiculous. And you've been you've been doing a lot of work with that, right? And uh, you know, I want to talk a little bit about the you know the uh, the, the employment pro uh, programs that you, that you have. Sure. How did that start? Who do you work with? And uh, you know, what does that entail? Like, how do you get the kids involved? And you know, so I don't know how how new it is. We, and you know, what, what results are you guys seeing? We uh, you know what we did was we we first of all we believe in partnerships. Let me start with that. We, you know, there's it's always easier when you're working with other organizations, other groups, both in terms of of getting resources, and uh, and and both in terms of of, of uh, you know coordinating a, a big effort. So um, we had an idea. We've been looking at the issue of of employment for for a couple of years. Um, we're kind of modeling a. a, a a, our, our project based on, on, on another project that took place in the States um, at a company called Walgreens. Many of us know Walgreens, and if you, anybody who's traveled down to the States um, knows, uh, knows Walgreens. Um, we started a wonderful program down there uh, about 15 years ago, I'd say. Um, one of their senior vice presidents, uh, an executive at Walgreens uh, by the name of Randy Lewis, who I consider to be a hero, quite frankly, um, Randy um, um, has a son who's on the spectrum, um, and uh, basically, you know, his son is very capable, and uh, and you know, he wanted to go to work. Obviously, Randy is a father; wanted to see his son get a job. Um, and 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 to be blunt, Randy could have plunked him anywhere. He was a senior vice president in charge of their entire distribution net network from coast to coast. It's you know one of the largest corporations in in, in the U.S. Um, but, but rather than simply do that, um, you know, Randy, at the time, the Walgreens was looking at building a brand new state-of-the-art distribution center um, to, to go within its, its entire network. Um, he was in charge of, of that project, and he approached the board of directors at, uh, at Walgreens and kind of presented them with a project um, to use that, use that new center as a pilot. Um, to, to hire people, not just who happen to be on the spectrum, but people with disabilities in, in general. And, um, and, and he brought the idea to them, not from the perspective of charity. He brought it to them from the perspective of, of business, the bottom line, um, and demonstrated to them clearly with numbers why doing this from an HR perspective would be good for their bottom line um, by showing them that these are exceptionally loyal employees they're, they're good at, the, at their jobs, especially certain types of jobs in a, in a big distribution center um, that, uh, that the company will lose far fewer days to illness, sickness, you know, personal, personal leaves and things of that nature. And he basically quantified it. Um, they went for it. Good for them. And, and they built that center. And, you know, 15 years later, he's retired. He, he retired a couple of years ago, but 15, 16 years later, um, they've hired thousands of people with disabilities across uh, across the country. Um, I believe well over a thousand people just on the spectrum, um, but it's a huge success. Um, they've done uh, exceptionally well, and they have a great deal to be proud of. They're corporate leaders on this front, and um, and and now Randy is in is in high demand. He's received permission from Walgreens, you know, to work with other corporations 
um, to to promote this idea, and uh, and and he's in very very high demand as a result as a consultant to do that type of work, and also as a as a speaker. Um, so we at Giant Steps brought him up to one of our conferences, um, I guess six years ago, seven years ago. Um, he spoke to to you know to our you know, group of parents, about 300 people, parents and professionals in the room. We brought him back a couple of years later. He actually spoke at a board of trade meeting in, in Laval, because um, at that point we were really trying to trying to encourage businesses, local businesses. Um, and then when we came up with this project, um, he helped us out. He, he helped us to, to put it together. Um, it really is the brainchild of, of uh, one of our team members, uh, Andre Pereira, who runs it. He's the coordinator. So basically what we've done is we have a series, we have a couple of partners. It's it's Giant Steps. Um, the EMSB at the Wager Adult Education Center, where I've been serving as principal until until my appointment. Um, uh, the third partner is the Transforming Autism Care Consortium because we needed to have a research component in this project to quantify what we were doing. Um, and then finally is, is, is the corporate partner. The corporate partner in this case is Weston. Um, and, and more specifically within the Western group of companies, Loblaw, Maxi, Provigo, and Pharmapri. Yeah. Um, we got them to, to agree to the project, um, thanks to president at the, at, at the company, uh, Mr. Richard uh, Dufresne, um, who's been incredibly supportive. And um, to make a long story short, what we did was the following. Um, we've developed a curriculum. Um, we have a cohort of students are, that are based at Wager. Um, Thanks to Maxi, we built a mini supermarket in the corner at Wager so the students can get training there. Um, and then once they finish the, the component, the pedagogical component at, uh, at Wager, we, we ship them off to go do internships, um, both at the retail operations in terms of the supermarkets, Maxi, Provigo, et cetera, um, but also the distribution center because they, they run a distribution center for Provigo and Laval and another one on the South Shore. So they're getting the best experience from both. Um, and we're proud to say they're all getting offered jobs. Uh, How long has this been going on, Nick? This has been uh, for the last year. Um, we, we were supposed to have started the previous year, but the COVID crisis hit. Um, and, and the cohort was supposed to be twice as big. But because of COVID, we, we, we had to shrink the numbers just to follow the Ministry of Education's rules about how big classrooms can be and so on. Right. But it's been an enormous success. Um, the, the company is looking at expanding now and running it elsewhere. Um, they fired other people through through other programs who are on the spectrum um, to work even in their accounting department and their IT department. Um, so we're we're very proud of it because it serves as a template as a as an example for other corporations, um, and that's part of our mandate. What we want to do is to to push. Uh, other companies to do the same thing, and to his credit, Richard Dufresne, the president, um, he got interviewed about this just a you know while back on on CTV, National News, and on you know RDE and other other outlets, and he openly stated that he hopes other companies follow suit. Um, you know, so it's 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 a it's 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 a fantastic uh, project, and and part of the reason why it's worked so well is is because everyone's worked together. We got a big grant from the federal government to its credit. I shouldn't forget that, uh, uh, so that we can cover the cost of job coaches and, and the coordinator and so on. Um, and the teacher, uh, that's part of the MSB's, uh, you know, Wager's uh, components. The teacher comes from, 
from uh, from Wager, and the space obviously is uh, for the program is is at Wager. So it's win-win for everybody, but most specifically, most importantly, for the students themselves and uh, for their self-esteem and uh, and the opportunity that's being given to them to get full pay for and full benefits um, for uh, for for doing the job. That's amazing, Chris. I, I've been taking I've been taking up all the questions, man. I, I, no, I, I want. Yeah, of course, I have questions. Uh, like I think we're gonna have to do another one, uh, Nick, because I know we're a little bit pressed with time. I don't know. If, I wanted to get a little more personal. I don't know if it's if it's all right. Um, yeah. I believe that uh, special kids belong to special parents, and I mean special in the in the sense of extraordinary. Okay. So you guys wear the capes a lot of the times, mm-hmm. and I just wanted you to go through the maybe the daily challenges or the little things that you had to put maybe a little bit of extra work, right? And at the same time, since your benchmark was a, a, another kid before, it's like, how, how do you balance not to give one more attention than the other? First of all, because I, I, I want to you know, stress something. Like, like any other human being, um, you know, all, all, these, all these kids are, are individuals and, 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 and different. We need to remember that there's no, you know, all the stereotypes need to be tossed out the window because all these all these people are very different. They 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 all have their own strengths and weaknesses um, and their own likes and dislikes, like any other human being, um, and 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 the right to to all of that, like any other human being. Um, and and to that end, before I go into a little bit of the detail about what we experienced, you know, one of the things that we feel very strongly about at at, 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 at Giant Steps, and I personally feel very strongly. About is the fact that it's it's great to have all these programs and all these efforts, schools and so on, but it's critical to uh, to give autistic people um, um, uh, the, the right, not the right, they have the right, the opportunity um, to to voice their own concerns and to take charge of of, uh, of all of this stuff as well. They need um, and have the right to be involved with with all of this. So even even a giant steps on our board of directors. You know, we make every effort to have people who, who are on the spectrum. Um, you know, we, we make a, we make an effort to have people working at the school as well. That, that that's important. That's important to be said because they are the ones that understand the best. They are the ones that that, that have experienced it, and and they are the ones that can help others that are living what what they're living. I'm here as a, as a dad. I'm not on the spectrum. I'm here as a father advocating for my son. But it's important for that to be said that that the they have a voice as well, and and it needs to be heard. So having said that, our, our experience was. Um, I'm not going to lie; it was it was challenging. He, you know, I'm not going to go into all the details because he has a right to his own confidentiality. He's a young adult, um, but he had a lot of challenges in terms of communication, um, a lot of challenges in terms of of interacting with uh, with with others. Um, it was it was very tough um, at the beginning in terms of, of of you know him expressing himself and because he couldn't there there would be a lot of very severe temper tantrums and things of that nature in his case because it's not in every case um, there was a lot of difficulty in terms of sleep patterns um, you know there was many a night at 3 a.m. I'd feel a nudge on my feet and I'd notice that the TV was on because. He was in the corner of the bed, you know, watching uh, uh, Barney or whatever. I mean, it, it mm. was it was it was very tough at the time in terms of of keeping a regular schedule, and uh, and um, you know, kind of pattern um, in, in terms of uh, of uh, of our lifestyle. Um, it was a huge challenge, and to that end, 
I applaud my wife to no end. I can't say enough. Um, I can't say enough anyway. Um, and, and the other issue to remember for us was that we had another kid um, who was neurotypical, who was in school, who was living her own daily challenges at school. And you know, we were very lucky that she was extremely bright and, and, and that uh, things, were, things went well at school. But, but she also wanted mom time, dad time, mom and dad time, and, and whatever. And, and we worked hard with her to, to basically make her his advocate, which she is to this day, I'm, I'm proud to say, because we, 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 we wanted to make sure that we were all a unit and that we were all working together um, to help him. So it didn't look like every second of the day was being spent on, on him at the time because of, because of these severe challenges. And you know, over time, the challenges, and I would say this to all parents who are living it, it, it does get better. Um, for the vast majority of families, it does get better. Um, there's, there's, you, know, you have to look at different ways of handling situations, and I'm not going to you know, preach to people about what they should or shouldn't do. These are all decisions that the individual parents have to make on their own. they got to research. They have to go out there and talk to experts. They have to talk to their doctors um, and come up with what works for them. And, and, and I would say to them to remember always that um, no one knows their better kid than a parent. That's, that's a critical mm -hmm. message that I would give to everyone, regardless of, uh, of the situation. Um, so that's that, you know, it, it was tough. And then there was the changes, becoming a teenager, you know, the transitions into adolescence and, and, and so on, and, you know, hormones and, and, and all the rest of it. Um, and we, we were lucky because, because of the fact that we were um, uh, at Giant Steps, each, for each, uh, you know, stage, there was a plan. We, you know, constant, there was a constant series of evaluations, you know, socially, academically, every way um, to see where he was at, what the strengths are, what the weaknesses are, what should we be working on, what should we be planning for. So every step of the way, there was a plan like that. And that just gave us more, you know, confidence and, um, and, and, and the ability, you know, the, the stress levels kind of went down. Um, over over time, because the beginning is 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 very tough. The beginning is very tough. Um, nobody wants to hear anything that potentially might be off about uh, uh, about their child. And, and and ultimately, the biggest thing that I can say now is that um, you know our, we're we're proud of him for who he is, and we don't look at the autism as a as a label. That's just who he is. That's Manoli. Um, you know, we, you know, all of us are different. We all have strengths and weaknesses. Um, and, and that's one of the reasons why um, ultimately at Giant Steps and, and elsewhere, not just Giant Steps, you know, more and more you're going to hear the, the, the notion of neurodiversity and, and everyone, you know, being simply being accepted for who they are in terms of their strengths or weaknesses, their likes and dislikes, and the fact that, that, that we all have the right, you know, to 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 be able to to live in this society and and to try to, to participate and to offer something. Um, I'm blessed. I worked at a school for the last three years uh, in adult ed that you know uh, primarily focuses on on special needs students, not only but primarily. Um, and 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 I see what a you know remarkable job can be done. And, and how incredibly independent so many of them become you know, at their own level and in their own way. Um, and, and what we're pushing for at that school is constantly to get them out there into the community to, to participate and to, to, to have their voices heard 
and, uh, and, and to make sure that, um, that everybody understands that they, have, uh, that they have rights and that they can contribute. I mean, at the end of the day, that's, that's what we all want for, for our kids, regardless of what the situation uh, might be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing uh, the experience. Yeah, Nick, we know you got to go. We do appreciate it. And like Chris said, we're going to we're gonna try and do another one because it's a huge project that you, you're working on. And in yeah. general, we're working. Well, you want to you want to take uh, you want to take maybe a couple of minutes just to give us like the executive summary. Well, look, I mean, in essence, um, <laughs> in essence, we've uh, we've been in our current building at, uh, at Giant Steps for, uh, for over a decade. Um, it's a small building where we, we, we've been kind of, um, you know, forced to keep our numbers low because of it uh, in terms of uh, the overall population of the school. Uh, but more important than numbers, we, 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 we have a vision um, for what the autism community in, uh, in Quebec needs. Um, it's not the answer to everything because parents will argue that we need tons of research, of research tons of, of resources and services and more doctors to diagnose and whatever. So I don't want to pretend that it's the answer to, to everything. But we do have a vision for our school. And um, uh, about four years ago, we had a big consultation. We brought in everybody you know, from the school, parents, staff, but also leaders from, uh, from, from outside, from, from the medical sector, education, and so on. Um, and we came up with, uh, with a plan to build uh, um, a new state-of-the-art center uh, for autism with four pillars. It was agreed upon through that consultation that we focus on four pillars. So the first one is education. It's the actual school itself, although we intend to enlarge it um, a little bit. Um, the second pillar is adult ed services, both in terms of pedagogy, but also employment. Um, third pillar is, uh, is a community services um, sector or section for this center where one that would allow us to reach out to the broader community to literally, you know, thousands of families through conferences, services, etc. And the final one is research through a partnership with the Transforming Care uh, um, uh, Consortium at the, at the Neuro. They, they would be our research partners because we want the center to serve also as a, as a research hub. So it's, um, it's a huge project, um, $51 million dollars. Um, we, uh, we, we have a site um, at the uh, Angus, uh, the old Angus rail yard, which, which now is a very big uh, um, housing development, uh, you know, beautiful development, beautiful space. And, um, and, and I have to say a huge thank you to the people at the Angus development because they really, really worked very closely with us, especially uh, the president there, uh, Christian Giacarini. Um, so we, we have a site, we have the designs, uh, the architectural designs, engineering designs, all that's been done. And uh, we've raised about $15 million plus, um, you know, in theory, uh, the cost of our own current building, which I can probably say is, is totally paid off. We have no debts. Um, so we know we're, about, we're at about $20 million in total. Um, and the idea besides fundraising to, to hit this uh, $25 million point in terms of raising money, we've also asked the provincial government for, uh, for $25 million. And we're, we're hopeful, we're, we're waiting for an answer. Um, but that's the vision, that's the hope um, that, uh, that we'll be able to, uh, to build this uh, state-of-the-art center that would serve as a hub and, uh, and, and, and be the first of its kind, certainly in Canada, um, most probably in North America, but certainly in Canada. Um, and, and we hope that it would serve as a model for other similar projects to sprout up elsewhere. That's, that's, uh, that's the plan. 
Awesome, Nick. Congratulations on everything you've done. So, uh, and good luck with everything. Believe me, because I appreciate that. But this is an active <laughs> team. It's not. It's impossible for a, a one individual. There's a massive team that's in place with exceptional people at all levels. The director general of the school, Thomas Henderson, uh, Tracy Pennypedge. She's a director of our foundation. Pierre Simard, the president of the foundation and the entire board of directors, the board of directors at the school uh, that, that served with uh, with me, uh, André Dallaire and André Bourbonnet, they're chairing our capital campaign. Uh, this is uh, an exceptional group of people. Charles Lafortune, a spokesperson. Um, th these people uh, are there for the right reasons. Um, they're putting in a lot of time and they're exceptionally busy in their own lives, uh, professionally and otherwise. Um, so that, that's the only reason why we're at the point that we're at. It's because of, of this collective effort. And um, they deserve uh, not only all the credit in the world, but uh, an enormous um, you know, word of thanks. And, um, and, and, and hopefully we're going to pull this off. Uh, and, and regardless of, of the center, I, I'm, I'm very proud of what's been done with this, what was this very little school. And we've turned it into this this much larger operation that's uh, that's working towards uh, you know the betterment of people on the spectrum throughout the province. It's amazing, Nick. We kept you on way uh, longer than we thought. <laughs> uh, we appreciate it. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll catch you all in the next episode. Nick, thanks again, Thank buddy. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Bye. Thank Take you. Take care. Bye bye.